Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic! What's good, Magic fans? Welcome to episode 29 of Orlando Magic UK's podcast, Penny for Your Thoughts. Today's episode is brought to you by NBAU Store, which is the place to go if you're looking to buy any Magic uh, apparel, including the new City Edition or earned jersey. Uh, remember to please use our affiliate links to the store for all your Magic gear. And remember to use the 10% discount code MAGICUK10 for 10% off your order. Please follow our links on our social media accounts to get the NBAU and Fanatic sites. So I'm glad that's over. So anyway, um, my name's Geraint. And I'm joined today by one of my fellow hosts, Mr. Mikey Clark. Uh, how's your week been, mate? Well, good, mate. Apart from falling for a April Fool's prank on uh, on the 1st, Rich Barrett was apparently going to go and work on his shed company and this numpty <laughs> fell for it. But there we go. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we had a bit of a laugh about that, didn't you we? You did. You did. Um, so, as I said, um, Mr. Paul Bacon is on the injured list this week following an incident with a door. Uh, and in his own words, he said, the man's a danger to himself. So we can let him explain that one to you on our next podcast. And the cooker uh, so hood. Moving... And the cooker hood. And yeah, the cooker I forget hood. that. <laughs> Um, so moving on, uh, we're delighted to have two UK Magic fans joining us today. Uh, firstly, uh, let's introduce uh, a Manchester United, Orlando Magic and Washington football team fan from Chester, Mr. Alan Kane. How are you, mate? All good, mate. All good. How are you? Very well, thank you. And it's nice to have another Manchester United fan on. We've had quite a few now. With uh, Ross, Dan Shepherd, yourself. We gotta stop so, uh, this, man. All these all these dirty max. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so tell us out, how did you get to support the Orlando Magic? We'll get into it a little bit more later, but just a little flavour. Yeah, well, as you touched on earlier, G, um I started off as an NFL fan really, watching the Washington Redskins in the mid eighties. In my younger days, and um, I used to always see these like banners on the screen, NBA game later on ESPN or whatever. And I thought I'll have to get into this because it was well into my football. I thought I'd give the basketball a try. So in the area I lived at the time, you used to see a load of Chicago Bulls gear for Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. And I thought, well, chances are I'll end up being a bandwagon jumper like the modern day Brooklyn Nets. I'll be a Chicago <laughs> Bulls fan. And um, so the first highlights package I come across, it probably was on Channel 4 or something. And the first yeah. game that happened to be on this highlights package was the Orlando Magic. Vividly remember watching Nick Anderson play in the old school unis. And as soon as I saw the old school unis, all thoughts of Chicago had gone. Just loved the logo, the colours, just something so simple as that. The uniform, as I say, the court. And it just went from there, really. And then... Around the same time, there was a publication in the UK called Slam Dunk. It was like a cross between a magazine and a newspaper. It was a weekly thing. And I used to yeah. buy that regular in about 91. So obviously leading into the 92 draft, there was loads of writes up about the upcoming draft and some beast that was coming out of LSU, as we all know who that ended up being. Um, and that was it. We drafted Shaquille and 
I was hooked, absolutely hooked. And ever since, Dyad, Orlando Magic. Good man, good man, good story. Um, so our second guest, another UK fan, as I mentioned, uh, from the Northwest, England um, fan. Let's get our football teams in there as well. Mr. <laughs> Gary Craggs. How are you, mate? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. So, a bit like I just asked Alan, how did you get to be a, an Orlando Magic fan? Um, well, it was 1992. Um, pretty much everybody, um, I was saying about the Chicago Bulls being the Brooklyn Nets. Um, everyone was that. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, was aware of them. And I was like, I can't be a Bulls fan. Just couldn't be a bandwagon jumper. But it was kind of looking like it was going to go that way. Um, yeah. Went on holiday to Florida. Was thinking about getting an NBA vest uh, of some description. And um, my dad went into Champ Sports in the Florida Mall. Came out and went, oh, the guy in there says, you, you don't want um, any Jordan vests or anything. You want this guy instead. And uh, it was the black Orlando Magic Shaq jersey and it just went from there and I just gradually picked up more interest um, I found a magazine from the I think it was the 93 season the season we got Penny so yeah. I know I had like more than a passing interest then and it was talking about like magic prospects and I just gradually picked up more and more and you know started to get like highlights on the uh, German channel and on Sky and such and it was just always Orlando which yeah I think we've got a big following in the UK, I really do. But yeah, it was that, it was that fateful getting that jersey in the Florida Mall and, you know, who is this guy? And then it was Shaq and yeah. just going from there larger than life, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you're both really about the same time, longer than yeah. Mikey and myself. Yeah. We, we were, yeah. So I was 97, 98, and you were 2001. 2002. 2002 for me, yeah. So uh, I'm oh, a little bit younger stuff. than you guys. Yeah. Show me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so we'll get to sort of uh, get to know you a little bit better in, in the guest section. So I'll just quickly do the weekly magic roundup. So we played three games since our last recording. Uh, the first game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, no Zion Williamson, no Ingram, no Lonzo. But then again, we didn't have both sides like Michael Carter Williams. So they can't use that as an excuse. So it was a 115-110 win in overtime, back and forth game, very, very entertaining, uh, with Ross having a chance to win on the buzzer, but it shot rimmed out. Uh, we eventually pulled out the W out of the bag with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. registering 21 points, 12 rebounds, Ross with 19 and Randall with 15 and 6. Uh, Chumo Kiki also solid uh, with st solid contributions, um, and he's been stellar of late. Um, seeing as we got a W in that game, um, I'll throw it out to you. Thoughts on that game, guys? Alan? I'm glad you touched it there, G, about the understrength New Orleans, New Orleans team. A lot was made of no Zion, no Ingram, uh, no ball. People seem to forget that we've just traded three of our most experienced players, two of the pillars of the franchise, future pillars in Fulks and Isaac, out for the year, countless other illness and injuries. But yeah, little mention made to that. Um, you know, I think we deserve a bit more credit for the victory, really. Yeah, definitely. Gary, what did you see, mate? Uh, well, first, I, I, my uh, view was it was Wendell arrives, um, you know, the 21 and 12. He's playing against Stephen Adams. And the write-up on Wendell when he came from some Bulls fans was that, oh, you know, he's, he's not as strong as you would think he would be. 
and in that game, I thought he really had the upper hand on. And I know it wasn't Zion, but as you said, they had half their team out. We've got half our team out and putting up 21 and 12 on Stephen Adams. It's A, a testament to him and B, the fact that we're still in these games and is a testament to Steve Clifford and the way he's just gelled these guys in so well since, you know, half the team's been turfed over, really. Um, that was a great win. Yeah. Mikey? Yeah, same same as Gary said, really. Um, I don't really understand why they said he's not that strong. To me, he's got a very strong base. Yeah. Um, for, a, for an undersized centre, he's only 6'10". Very strong. Uh, last night we saw it against Jokic, didn't we? He was he wasn't afraid to throw yeah. throw himself around um, and body him up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it was a good win. It, um, aggravated a few of the the, the Twitter followers, <laughs> which we won't mention. But um, yeah, it, it was a good. It was a nice little coming out party, really, wasn't it? Um, really, the the main points were sixty five points off the bench. Uh, we only made five threes. Which is pretty crazy. You think we won the game and we only shot, we only made five threes, uh, 17 steals, which led to 38 points off turnovers. And that was really the main difference in that game. So, um, yeah, good, good confidence booster for the young boys. Mm. On that point, you said about the threes, I'm getting a little mm. concerned about this streak that we've got of making a, you know, a, a three in consecutive games. I think we're over about a thousand um, now. We always see the magic PR tweet about it, don't we? Uh, I think it's the fifth longest streak in the NBA because um, the next game against the Jazz on Saturday night, we only made two three-pointers all game. Um, so that's that's the reason for my... Is it um, me or is that tweet getting a little bit old now? No, I like Am it. I the only, do you? <laughs> yeah. Because in this day and age, what do you guys think? Because in this day and age, everybody's yeah. shooting three, so it's surely going to carry on. You know, every time your phone beeps a minute into every game, you don't check your phone, do you? No. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the next game was the Magic in Salt Lake City to face the Utah Jazz. Uh, this one was ugly, so we'll skip through it quite quickly. Uh, 137-91 loss, which is the second worst loss in team history. Uh, however, you do have to remember we played with eight players for a quarter and, and a half and seven players the rest of the way. Uh, when Mo Bamba uh, was taken ill in the second quarter. Um, and you're playing against the best team in the league with the best home record. Uh, we're just playing very, very well. Uh, the Jazz connected on 26 of 55 three-point field goals, whilst the Magic made two of 23, as I just mentioned before. Uh, we're led by Michael... Oh, Michael. No, it's not Michael Carter. It's Wendell Carter Jr., who registered 19 points, 12 boards in 34 minutes. Um I think it's in, that's enough of uh, that game. Yeah, move on. Um, yeah. <laughs> so last night we played uh, Aaron Gordon and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the outcome was 119-109 defeat, uh, but it was a battling performance. They saw eight active players, although some were carrying niggling injuries. So fair play to them to, uh, for suiting up and just giving it a go. Um Orlando were up as many as 18 at one point, but Denver surged back to retake the lead in the fourth quarter. But the Magic would eventually come up short in the last game of the road trip. Uh, the Magic were led by Terence Ross and Chuma Okiki with 19 points. And rookie RJ Hampton looked very impressive, contributing a career-high 16. Um, I'll just mention Aaron's start, stats. He had himself a game uh, notching 24 points and seven rebounds. Um, thoughts, guys? Gary? 
I thought we played really, really well. Um, to be in altitude was basically the walking dead for our team, where you know, blue playing. I think Ennis was ill, and you know, he was throwing himself around the court like there was no tomorrow. Um, Bamba was looked physically sick on the court at times when he was playing, and you're playing against Denver, you know, like they're one of the best teams. And I think the first quarter of that game. Um, I was watching again, I'm bringing it back to Wendell Carter, um, just how much he frustrated the life out of Jokic in the first uh, about eight minutes of the game where Jokic eventually took that swipe at T. Ross. And it was just pure frustration about this, I think, old school magic defence that's returned um, since the trade where we just looked like we did a couple of years ago where we're just locking teams down. I'm not surprised that we lost due to the, the shortage, but we're playing one of the best teams in the NBA short-handed and on a back-to-back as well unbelievable I thought you know you just again I'll go back to it I can't believe how well this team's gelled um, and then watching Hampton in that game the guy's absolutely rapid it was like watching a game on fast forward when he was on it was unbelievable you know high yeah. hopes yeah Alan yeah similar to what Gary said really um I thought, first of all, the foul on uh, T. Ross, Trimmy calls a flagrant, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't believe that, but that's the sort of rub of the green we seem to get with the officials, isn't it, G? Um, yeah. Also, no comment. <laughs> um, again, Gary mentioned RJ Hampton. Really excited to keep watching how he's progressing going forward. Uh, Tumoral Kiki, the last six, seven games, he's playing out of his skin. Um, really excited to watch him going forward. And again, playing a full-strength Denver side, very undermanned. First half was probably some of the best basketball I think we've played all season. It was really, really good to watch. And just looking over the five-game road trip, most Magic fans may have had us going over five uh, over the last five games. So to think we've won two, we've took the Lakers and the Nuggets really to the last two, three minutes of the games. Yeah, yeah we had a blowout in, in Utah, but, you know, I think we've been outstanding. Like when you consider how many plays we've, we've had missing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Do you see Mikey? Do you know what last night reminded me of? I'd said this to you earlier. Do you remember yeah. when we played the Lakers in 2012? 20, no, was it 2011, 2012? No, 2012, 2013. 12, and 13. it was our first game playing the Lakers when uh, after we traded Dwight there. And we went into the Staples Centre and beat him by 10. And we had Big Baby, Jameer, JJ, Baby Face Vooch at then. It felt a little bit like that. In a reve- not a revenge game against AG because he didn't leave quite as bad terms, but obviously some of his comments last week left people a little bit um, unhappy of what he ha- what he had to say. But hey, look, the efforts the efforts awesome. Um, I said it last week. The way this team play, it's going to keep them in games, um, and we've seen that on this road trip. Um, like I said, you guys already said it. The first half was brilliant. Uh, my favourite play was, I think, Tuma got a steal. Do you guys remember the fast break yeah. out to Hampton, yeah. cross-court pass to to uh, Randall, and then he threw it up for Ennis to have the dunk at the end. That sort of capped off how good the first half was last night. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can carry on playing like that. Um, and obviously if we get Cole Anthony back and he gets his opportunity in the next couple of weeks, because I think he's going to be back either for the Wizards game or, or certainly towards the end of the week. So, yeah, so the future's looking bright at the moment. So, mm. yeah, the halftime buzzer came at the wrong time, didn't it? Because we were just balling. You just wanted just to carry on, increase the lead a bit more. 
Um, but what else I saw from it, um, and it's been mentioned before, Chumo Kiki and Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, having played on the same AAU team um, back in Georgia, you could see, you know, they knew their, their game, didn't they? The pick and rolls they had, the pinpoint passes, knowing where each is going to be and finishing around the rim. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting to watch going forward. So um, we currently sit at 17 and 33 for the season, good for 14th in the Eastern Conference. Um, and the tankers would be happy to know it's still fourth worst record in the league, just about. Um, we've had a couple of injuries this week, as the guys have touched upon. Uh, there's been some non-COVID illnesses um, affecting various players throughout the three games. Bamba, Birch, Michael Carter, Williams. Uh, Otto Porter missed the game last night with a foot injury. Kareem Manet's got a sore right hamstring. Um, and as Mikey just mentioned, there's indications that we may see Cole Anthony and Gary Harris back in the lineup in the next few weeks. So that'd be something to look forward to. So uh, we move on to our guest section, so we, where we get to know Alan and Gary a little bit better. So Mikey, myself and Paul came up with some questions. Um, so question number one. It's like a quiz, isn't it? Um, what are your thoughts? So, to both of you, what are your thoughts on the trade deadline deals uh, and the current roster direction of the franchise as it is? Go to Alan first. I think, like most fans, when the um, trade deadline day, I think most of us were expecting Aaron and Evan to move on. I was also expecting possibly Kem as part of a package deal to go. Mm. Obviously, it didn't happen. But, like most people, when the text come through about Vooch, Initially, very angry, thinking, what's the thought process? Because I imagine that he'd be used as like a mentor going forward for the young, you know, the young roster we've got. But when you take the emotion away after a couple of days and you, you think about things a bit more logical and, as I say, with less emotion, I could understand what the front office were trying to do. They're obviously trying to go young. They've probably looked at the ceiling of the roster as it was and probably thought, is it going to win a championship? Reality was probably no. So I think they just thought, you know, pandemic year, Terrible injury year. If we're gonna if we're gonna try again, this is probably the year to do it. Um, so I think all in all, and think what we got back as well. Um, I think Wendell Carter has been really good early doors. Um, really excited about RJ Hampton from Denver. Obviously, we got a first round pick from Chicago for this year's draft. Already added that to our own pick. You know, we potentially got two high draft picks in a stack draft. Mm. Potential. I think I might have mentioned to Mikey last week. May have disagreed, but. There's a potential if they're really desperate for a particular player, maybe package the two and try and climb in the draft to get the player they need. Whether they're going to go for the best player available or the need, I always set the best player available and probably worry about it after that, to be honest. But the current yeah. roster, I'm really happy with it. I mean, Markel, J.I., Schumer, um, you know, Cole Anthony, Wendell Carter. I think we've got the basis of a really good core group. Um, add that, as I say, to, you know, uh, Gary Harris, we've yet to see. A couple of future picks. Otto Porter's still to come in. I don't think we're going to keep him long-term, though. I think his salary will be a bit prohibitive, I think, come the, the off-season. It won't surprise me if we move on from Otto Porter, and that's no disrespect to him as a player or anything like that. I just think, from a business point of view, I think they may move on from him. But who knows? But generally, I'm very happy, as I say, after the initial shock of deadline day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th I don't want to sound too much like Al there, um, but I think <laughs> when the when the when the watch bomb drops um, about Vooch, 
I think for about 48 hours, I just had like mega fume because uh, I thought Vooch would have been, as I was saying, the perfect mentor for a younger team. I expected Evan to go. I expected Aaron to go. Um, I still have my uh, questions about what we got for Evan. Um, I think it centres on the on the TPE that came with him. Um, I'm, I think until the draft balls come out and show what we've got and who we've got a real shot at, I'll be reserving judgment a little bit. But for the roster we actually have, I'm still as excited as I was about Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony. And I think, if anything, it's just shone a spotlight on Chuma and how good he really is. You know, um, prior to his injury, he was being talked about as a top 10 pick in the draft and we're, we're seeing evidence of that now. So I think when we look at what we already have in place, it's good. I think we've actually got some good vets on the team as well. I'm not opposed at all to keeping the likes of Michael Carter-Williams, James Ennis around. Um, but again, like Al said, I don't think we'll maybe keep Otto around, um, not because there's anything against him, but I think he's probably going to get offers from teams that are actually more established in terms of being in the playoffs and the money he might want to stay in Orlando. I hope we wouldn't do a Channing Fry and throw a bigger deal at him than he should maybe get at this stage. So everybody who's on the roster, great, but I'm going to be really anxious until we get a see where we're picking in the draft. Yeah. That was a good point you made there about Tumor Okiki. You know, it's opened up free in time, uh, time for him to, to come in. Um, and he's not going to develop unless he gets that play in time. And you look at somebody like Donovan Mitchell a couple of years ago, where he was drafted, what, seven for eight? And everyone was saying, oh, we should have taken Mitchell. But the thing is, unless you get the play in time and that role, then you're never going to develop into that player. So that's a very good point, mate. Well, Kevin Clark said it really well last week, didn't he, when he was on the podcast, that the important thing with these young players is putting them in a, in a situation, playing them in a role that the, the, the front office foresee him playing in the next few years. Don't, let, don't ask them to do much more than they're really capable of doing. Um, and I think we're seeing that. Like You could argue Terence Ross could be starting at the two-guard, but playing him as that sixth man and keeping that consistent is, is part of that. Um, yeah, they're going to get more opportunities at the moment because we've got so many injuries. But like I said, part of it is, is giving them a chance to play the role that they're they're going to be playing long-term. So, boys, questions then. Favourite players? I'm going to go to Gary first. And I'm going to guess they're probably going to be similar if you started following the Magic at the same time. <laughs> so I want to know your favourite current player, your favourite all-time player, and why. Um, favourite favorite all-time Shaq. Um, just quite simply because I don't think I would have been a Magic fan, perhaps, without Shaq. I think I would have still found out about the Magic, but he was the guy who brought me in. So I've got to say Shaq, but I would say also honorary mention for Grant Hill. Um, and I say that because when we went into the dark days, after Penny went and stuff, uh, Grant Hill became my favourite non-Magic player. Um, so when the Magic signed him, it was like dream time that quickly became a nightmare uh, because he never <laughs> really get a chance to show how good Grant Hill was, but Grant Hill was just a guy who I, I rooted for a lot on the Magic um, because of what he'd really done in Detroit and what I'd seen before. Current roster, I really like Jonathan Isaac as a player. Um, I just, the way he changes everything when he's on the court, you can see that I don't think he gets the respect still 
nationally that he's due. But when he's on the court, teams change. The, team, the, the way they approach Orlando changes completely. And I think for maybe people who don't watch the Magic every week or regularly, they wouldn't see what a big difference Jonathan Isaac makes. But I would, I would just say that Aaron Gordon was, a, for me, a very, very good defender. And we never really talk about how good Aaron Gordon was because of just how great Jonathan Isaac was. Yeah. And is. So, yeah. Grant Hill would fit really well on this team at the moment with all the injuries. He? Yeah. Pre- <laughs> Can we have pre-injury, Grant Hill, Mike? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about you, Al? What Favourite players? Yeah, um, current roster. Obviously, a lot of the players haven't had much time on the court together as a team, so it's hard sometimes to give a true true answer to this one. But if I had to pick Markel, um, you know, I think before the injury, I was really hoping for a breakout year. And I really think that was coming. Um, I mean, we've seen how he closed out the game in the Staples Centre at the end of last season against the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, he's took the game on his on his shoulders that last two or three minutes. And I, I think that's really what that kid's capable of. So I really want Markel to get over the injury um, and start showing that type of form consistently. And you think we've got Cole as a backup as well. I think the point guard, I think we're set. I really do. A much easier answer for the all-time favourite player for me. The all-time, the greatest ever player to put on a Magic jersey, in my opinion, Penny. Um, there's nothing that guy couldn't do on the court. His court vision, the assist, he could score, the highlight plays. He was just a, just a phenomenal player. And people of a certain age will remember that in the mid-90s, he was right up there with Michael Jordan in terms of Marcus ability. I mean... He was all over the place. Penny Hardaway, there was Little Penny. I mean, Michael Jordan even wore Penny shoes on the court, you know, and that's how much regard that Michael Jordan had for, for Penny Hardaway. I generally believe, but for his bad knee injury, he'd have been 100% first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely no question. The guy was a magician, an absolute magician. And you had to tune in to watch the Magic play because, I mean, going back to Man United, you mentioned before, my dad used to always say in the 60s, you had to go to the game because if you miss something George Best would have done you'd never forgive yourself and that's what watching the magic was like to be in the 90s if they're on the TV you had to watch because you would you dread to think you're going to miss something really special it, it was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal so very easy on that for me cool yeah it's like what Nick Anderson said a couple of weeks ago he said they were being followed around the mall in Minnesota you know because they were like seen as the Beatles so yeah. um yeah, no, good choices, guys. Good choices. Um, so any standout moments as fans of the franchise? I'll go to Alan first. Again, this one's very easy for me going back to the 90s. The run to the finals in 95. Obviously, we started to play. We had a great, the regular season record. I think we won something like 57 games or something. Started off the playoffs against Boston. Took them out three and one. Uh, I think we closed out in Boston. Closed the their arena as well, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. And then obviously the one that stands out for me was the Bulls series. I mean, obviously I had the Nick Anderson steal, the famous steal on MJ. I just loved it when we sealed it again in Chicago and they lifted Horace Grant's shoulder high and just to wind the Chicago fans up, we twirling, twirling the towel and just great, great memories. Um, and then obviously the Indiana series. I mean, again, Reggie Miller, people watch Reggie Miller play, he was a hell of a player. Could trash talk with the best of them. He was, he was, he was always in your face, but he had the ability to back it up basically. And I remember that went down to a decided seventh game. I remember, um, very intense. I mean, at the time I was at Salford University doing my degree, 
and I was on like I was on the tenth floor of a high rise. There was a communal TV room in the on the bottom floor, and me like and Billy No mates at two o'clock in the morning. They'd be sat in this TV room watching live magic games. And I remember one morning, I think it was the, I think it was the game we actually sealed the Indiana series, and used to take the lift up to the tenth floor. I think I ran up the stairs that night. I was floating, absolutely brilliant. And obviously we move on to the finals against Houston and very optimistic. I thought we'd take him. I did. He had a great side. They had Elijah Juan and Clyde Drexler, um, Kenny Smith. And I really, but I really thought we'd take him out. But we all know what happened in game one with Nick and the, and the free throws. And it was just like the air went out of the balloon after that game. And I just don't think they ever recovered from that. I do think if them, one end free throws goes down, we win that game. And to this day, I'm confident we would have took it. I just generally believe that the air went out the sails with the missed free throws. Um, but great memories. I mean, absolutely brilliant memories. I mean, the, 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 the play, the style of play, the basketball, the magic played at that time, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I was just saying earlier about the first half of the Denver game, the best I've seen us play this season. You can times that by three every single night you watched. And it, that was watching the magic. It was, it was incredible. Incredible. Cool. Gary? Yeah, jumping on the back of Al there, which I feel I'm doing a lot at the minute. Um, Sorry, I, I should have confused you first. No, I, I, think, I think it's like, we it must be in the same age bracket, but um, yeah, I think there's the, obviously the run to the finals was absolutely massive. And I remember when that time I was going to visit Florida, like a lot, and the Magic were basically seen as like the new Lakers around the league where it was like Showtime East. And, you know, the Magic was such a huge deal and it, it kind of became a shock when, when Shaq left, just how things changed when we kind of became beatable and average. But I would say the, the favourite moment's going to be the, the obvious one, which is Nick Anderson's steal from uh, Jordan, which was absolute, just huge. Getting on my feet in a living room and shouting, um, I would say was when we beat the Lakers, when Shaq came back to town. Because um, that was, just to put that into context, um, I'd been visiting the USA that year and I've got family in Carolina and we were traveling down on the day Shaq was making like his decision that was coming out. And I remember getting in the hotel and I was kind of like, there's no way Shaq will leave. There's no way Shaq will leave. And I just turned the TV on and Shaq's like, yeah, Penny Hardaway is a great player. I'm, I'm going to Lakers. <laughs> it was just mm. holiday ruined. Um, so when, when the Magic beat the Lakers and then, then they returned, that was great. And one that I think is less appreciated is um, DJ's game winner in Toronto. Mm. And I put that up there because it was kind of felt like the end of a nightmare. You know, the Dwight mare, as it was known, where it was just the hangover of Dwight leaving Orlando and all the circumstances around it and the bad decisions that were made. I felt as though when DJ hit that, that game winner in Toronto, it was similar to actually beating the Lakers, but for different reasons, where it was kind of like the end of just years of turmoil with one shot so I thought that for me would be up there now yes yeah. cool. favourite all time players uh, sorry favourite all time starting five so we did this a couple of weeks ago so it doesn't have to be uh, a start not it doesn't have to Mount no, Rushmore it doesn't have to be Mount Rushmore it could be your favourite five players that uh, that you could put together on a court. Go on, Al. I'll let you go first. as you nodding? Okay. He knows it. Well, I'll give, I'll give a few. I'll give a few honourable mentions for players who it's tough to leave out. Uh, personal favourite from back in the day was Brian Shaw. Under the radar mm -hmm. for a lot of maybe new fans, but Brian Shaw was one of 
you know, every night, 80, 90%, you'd always know who's going to get out of him. Horace Grant, another personal favourite. Uh, Dwight Howard, uh, most people might be surprised he's not in my five. And obviously, modern day Vooch. I think Vooch, maybe 20 years from now, might even be in the Mount Rushmore. So I'll talk of that because of his, his service and two-time All-Star. Yeah. But my team, I've tried to pick a one to five in terms of position. So Penny, obviously, number one. Uh, I've gone for Nick at number two, Nick Anderson. Uh, 3D, Dennis, uh, the third. Uh, T-Mac at the four. And obviously, Big Shaq at five. Uh, be my team. And I think I'd probably win back-to-back championships. <laughs> No problem. Off you go, Gary. What's yours? Um, Any different? Yeah, a little bit different. But um, I, I would like to say as well, when you're on about honourable mentions, I'm going to say Daryl Armstrong mm. as an honourable yeah. mention for me. Um, just, I thought he was Mr. Magic. But after Nick, he kind of picked that mantle up and ran with it. And, you know, I think he embodied the heart and hustle and was a great vet. But my team, I would, I would go for this gigantic backcourt and have Penny and T-Mac together. And just be like, guard that. I would have, I would have <laughs> see, what you, see what you can do with those guys. Um, I think I would go with Shaq definitely in the middle over, over Dwight. I think Shaq was just slightly edges it for me. Um, I'm going to go for playing on how they did for Orlando. I would go for Hado at the three over Grand Hill, over what he actually accomplished in Orlando. And I would go for Rashad Lewis at the four and basically be like if we're playing in the modern day NBA you've got Shaq in the middle yeah. and then th- those four Shoot guys around the perimeter go for it yeah yeah quality good team um, so your all time favourite magic jersey so this would be a good question because you've all you've just got your Cole Anthony jersey your City jersey haven't you yeah yeah all time favourite jersey um, I think I'm going to have to go back to the pins G I can't yeah. see any reason why not. And it would depend on the day I got out of bed, whether it was the black pins or the blue pins. Yeah. But I think that for me, those are just the iconic jerseys. I think we've been blessed as uh, Magic fans where we've just had a lot of very, very good jerseys. The the home jersey for that season, the white one was a great one. Um, the star print jersey. I love this year's City edition. I like last year's City um, and then we've got obviously our current black jersey are all great, but for me, it would have to be the original pins. I'm afraid. No, cool. That's cool. Alan. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Gary on this one. You can't be the original three pinstripe jerseys. Um, if somebody said any colour was the favourite, it'd be hard to disagree. Uh, my favourite's the black one. Uh, it was the first jersey I ever bought. Um, yeah, the black one for me. But the other two were fantastic jerseys. Again, Gary said about the new City jersey. He's definitely got the edge over last year's for me. And when the earned edition, I really like the look of the earned edition yeah. uh, with the stars down mm. the side. Uh, a bit of a throwback to the, um, I think, is it the, the T Mac jerseys? Yeah. With the stars, the Grant Hill jerseys. So, yeah, I really like the look of the earned jerseys as well. But yeah, all time the black pinstripe, without doubt. Yeah. I, I think I'd go for the blue pinstripe, then I think probably the white, then the black. How about you, Mikey? You know I'm going stars. That was when I started following the Oh, magic. no, no. I mean, oh, what? No, no, I mean, in terms of the, the originals now, in order, if you're putting them in order, I'd go blue, white, black myself. But No, I'd go blue, black, white. Okay. I'd go blue, black, cool. white. Um, if while you, we're on if the you're jersey... Watching on, go on. Go on. If you're watching on YouTube, 
Um, Gary's got a, a fantastic um, Penny Hardaway a cardboard cutout behind him, which I'm very, very envious of. Um, do you want to tell us a story about that guy? Yeah, um, basically holidaying in Orlando, um, walk into a shop, and that stood there. And um, I'm just like, right, I'm buying that. And I was only like a teenager at the time. And my dad's like, comes over, what you doing? I was like, buying that. <laughs> 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 we had a bit of a conversation in the shop, and I was like, I'm shipping it home. I know how to get it home. And yeah, it was uh, it was shipped back. So as a, as a, um, a teen, I kind of had Penny Hardaway crammed into my bedroom alongside a Michael Jordan one <laughs> I've also got, and then me. So it was never lonely, just me and the guys watching Magic Games, really. You know? <laughs> it's been really handy in lockdown as well, um, just to have a chat with Penny every now and then. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So, so at Christmas time, is it like Home Alone in your house? Do you have them dancing by the window, cardboard cutouts? <laughs> it uh, puts people off when it's Halloween. <laughs> having a silhouette against the blinds and all that I'm just a six foot six guy you know brilliant. it's great brilliant um guys um i know you've been um you've been going to orlando a long time have you got any uh games or yeah more games specifically that you've been to that stand out that you really enjoyed going to favorite memories i'll go gary first there's an order yeah game. <laughs> um went in I actually went in the February after 9-11, which was a lot of people weren't flying then. So being in Orlando at the time, there was a lot of people actually thanking you for coming over because the tourist trade had apparently took a real hit. And I remember going to that game, and I think it was the time I went, um, T-Mac did the, the backboard dunk. So that was fresh in people's minds. And we lost to the Spurs in the game I saw there. But the one that really stands out was I was there when the Summer League was on and LeBron James made his debut okay. as a pro. So for $5, picked up a ticket to uh, everybody watch LeBron and then just left the arena talking about this dunk that Britton Johnson did in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, I, I remember going back um, after the game and I called into Chili's. Um, one of the few places that was open, pick some food up and the stat line was coming up and there was a couple of guys watching the stats and you're kind of waiting for your order. And LeBron had something like 13 points and eight assists. And they were like, wow, this guy's useless looking at the box score. <laughs> so he'd been written off by somebody after he, in Orlando after his first uh, summer league game. But even then he just dictated the play absolutely massively. But I did get to see the uh, magic play with Dwight there and... Grant Hill, Pat Garrity managed to um, bump into Tony Petit before the game as well, which he signed the front of the little magazine they give out when you go in the programme, yeah. which was kind of cool. And um, yeah, we, we play, I've seen us play Cleveland with Andre Miller, who won that game. But the one that really I have to say stands out, if I was stuck for a moment, unfortunately, would be LeBron James's debut just because of what he went on to become and knowing you were there on day one and then kind of having a laugh when this guy Britton Johnson turns up and does this huge dunk and that's all over sports centre. <laughs> Quality. What about you, Al? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit different. I've only seen the Magic play in the flesh once. Uh, it was mid-90s, of all places in Vancouver. Um, okay. My uncle, who obviously was English, he went to Canada after the war, married a Canadian. So we lived on Vancouver Island and I was there for a month, my 21st birthday. And... Um, Unbeknownst to me, he got tickets to the Orlando game while I was there. It was the first year of the Vancouver Grizzlies. 
and they used to play at GM Place in yeah. Vancouver. So it was an overtime, an overtime win, 92-87. Uh, Cole and his dad was a member of the Grizzlies at the time. He didn't play on the night. I've since checked back, so I couldn't remember, but he didn't play in the game. Uh, they won 92-87 in overtime. Um, obviously, Dennis, Nick, Shaq, Penny all playing. And the thing I always remember is when Shaq dumped the ball, it just sounded different to everybody else dumped the ball. It was like there was like a mini earthquake in the, in the <laughs> arena. It was the, the hoop was, it just vibrated all over the place. But I always remember this one particular play in the game. It always stuck with me that the Vancouver had the ball and we stole the ball mid-court and Shaq, I think, was a bit slow coming back. And Penny got the ball. He's gone up the court with one defender between him and Shaq. He's passed the ball through the legs of this defender to Shaq. The defender's then gone to Shaq, who in one movement has flicked the ball over his head in one, one movement in his hand. Like virtually an alley-oop straight to Penny, he's just dumped it in. That's cool. It was just like, and even the home even the home fans were cheering. And I've always tried to YouTube that game. I can never find any clips. I could find the Orlando game, but I can never seem to find any Vancouver video for that yeah. one play. And it was it was incredible. Um so yeah, as I say. God bless me, Uncle, for getting me a ticket. Do you know what, Al? I think I I got a magic at Grizzlies game on a Pontel DVD. So I'll have a look what year it is and I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, um, that game, it's strange that I've only I've, I've attended one one basketball game. It went to overtime. And I've attended one Washington Redskins game. And that went into overtime. When you think <laughs> American sports, draws are quite uncommon. Yeah. So it's quite mad that I've had my money's worth in the two games I've been in each sport. So pretty Quality. cool. Quality. Uh, last question, then, guys. Um, you, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been on it as well, Gary. Is NBA Top Shop? Yeah. How are you guys um, finding NBA Top Shop? Because I'm trying to get G involved. He bought his first pre-order pack last week, didn't you? After I, I kept begging you to get on there. And uh, I... yeah, how how are you guys finding it? Are you are you enjoying Top Shop? What what's some of your favourite moments that you've got so far, Gary? Um, the one I've, the one I went for was Cole Anthony's buzzer beater yeah. against the Timberwolves. That was what I went for. Um, it's still feeling your way around it, but I think it's a pretty good um, idea to actually just be able to go on a page, click, and you you can line up your favourite videos without having to dodge around YouTube and such. But that was the main one was the uh, the Cole Anthony one, and if anything, I'm excited to see what's going to come from RJ Hampton. I've got a feeling he's going to have a few of these top shots where it's going to be he's going to look good in in those because he just looks as though he's that type of player, a bit like Aaron Gordon, like a highlight yeah. highlight reel. So I'm liking it. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes and if we land a great pick in the uh, draft and pick up someone like Kate Cunningham or you know whoever comes in, I, I think magic cards could all of a sudden go through the roof as a must-see team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know we've had a few messages back and forwards, Al, with uh, Top Shop uh, bits of advice from you and I got for when I first got started. And you made quite a little bit of money on on one of your moments, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, the key, one of the big keys, I think, is dropping luck and getting the packs. I mean, yeah. I got one of the MGLE packs uh, late February and got yeah. a ball, ball three-pointer. Um, so... I think the pack was £14 or $14. Yeah. So I went to bed, had a quick look at what the, the market was for these MGLEs. I thought I'd just stick it on for $1,000. Yeah. 
just for the laugh, really. Woke up the next morning at the Sove. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. And that's basically just that's basically set me up on it. So yeah. I invested 90, 90 pounds uh, to buy that pack and to buy a Markel Fultz moment. Uh, and I've got about $1,100, $1,200 balance. I'm just trying to collect magic moments, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just recently got the three-pointer LeBron, the, a long-term whole thing on that for about $600, but that'll go back over 1000 because it's a low, a low circulated card, or will be going forward. So it's just like any trading platform. The key is try and buy low, sell high, but just enjoy it. Uh, that's the main thing, really, for what it yeah. is. Uh, yeah. You're going to make mistakes. The key is to learn from them, uh, but don't don't keep hanging on to any mistakes because it'll just eat away at you. Just forget yeah. about it, but just learn from it. But it's good fun. And don't panic sell either. <laughs> nah, don't do that. Don't do that. I know my, my sister's other half jumped on it as well. He's an NBA fan and he jumped onto it and he, he's had one pack so far and he opened it up and his first moment was LeBron James. Really? Straight away with a LeBron. And then the <laughs> second one was like a low serial number on Pascal Siagam. So he, he's got three cards and he's got a decent amount of value straight away, which is, it's good to see, but I was kind of like, why couldn't that have been me? <laughs> 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 Cool. Um, thank you for that. So our next episode, we'll be recording this Friday, where we're delighted to have uh, Joel Glass, who's the Chief Communications Officer for the Orlando Magic, who's joining us. Um, and hopefully Paul will be back in the hot seat, uh, of course, to tell us about his injury and uh, to quiz Joel. Um, so one topic that's been doing the rounds on Twitter in the last week is a potential rebrand. Um, so would you like to see a new logo, jerseys, what with the dawn of a new era after the trade, you know, almost forget the past kind of thing, uh, and look to the future? Is that something you'd be happy with? Mikey, I'll come to you first this time. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like it needs a little bit of a refresh, a little bit more the white jersey, the association jersey for me has probably been overdue in terms of needing a bit of an upgrade for a little while. We've had that for quite a what was it, 12 years now? Back, back 2008? To, yeah, with, with a few oh, little tweaks yeah. to the collar and things like that. Um, yeah, I just feel like maybe the logo, I, th- I think we all ha- we're all happy with the colour scheme and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just feel like maybe in the next couple of years when we get our uh, superstar and we get this young core and nucleus together, um, a bit of a refresh with with the rebrand wouldn't wouldn't go amiss. But hey, one thing we'd all agree on is we'd all go old school and all have all have the pinstripes back every week. But unfortunately, because of the NBA rules, that happens one once every five years. So we'll see. We'll see what let's we'll see what the magic do. But let's draft a star first. Yeah. What do you reckon, Gary? Um, I think we need to actually right now. I would hang on to what we've got. And then if you remember when we had um, Dwight Howard came in, we held over those jerseys with the little, the very plain jerseys. With a star on the star chest. There. Yeah. And we kind of held them until the, the team found an identity. Yeah. And then the, I remember when those jerseys were like leaked and it was a case of them, the away of the blue one was seen as a Superman jersey, which was going to be this new rebrand. but going back to the classic magic blue with the pinstripes. So I would like to see the current team find its feet a little bit. And then when we start making some noise, drop some really like fresh jerseys, but 
inspired by what we've already had. I really would not be against using this year's City jersey and maybe turning the actual orange blue yeah. and the pinstripes mm. blue and going for that and having that as the look with the white and blue home one and then either a black or a blue away one, but taking it from the, that as the inspiration, I think would maybe be where I would go. Yeah, cool. Al? Yeah, similar to Gary, really. I think, obviously, with what we've just done in the trade, out of the old in with the new, I think it'd be as good a time as any to possibly introduce some new unis. I'm very old school. I mean, I know you probably can't go back to the exact identical replica of the old pinstripes, but as close to it as you could get, like Gary said about the current City Edition jersey, maybe change the, the colouring, you know, to you know, keep it like modern but old school at the same time. I'm a bit of a sucker for the old Orlando, the full Orlando across the chest rather than the ORL. Yeah. So obviously the yeah. star where the A is, and I'd love us to go back to that font on the jerseys or A jersey. Um, so again, the black pinstripe was always my favourite jersey, so I'd love us to sort of bring that back in some shape or form. Uh, be pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Um, in terms of the logo, Mike and I were speaking about this the other day. So we've had three logos, the original. We had the sort of the T-Mac one, which is a bit more a little cartoony, and then the current one. Which is your favourite? I mean, my, mine's the original. I, I don't think anyone can beat the original, and I go back to the original myself. Mike was the opinion. It's the, the second logo, the T-Mac, because that's when he started following. So we've kind of both fallen in line with the times. How about you guys? What's your favourite logo of the three? Anyone? Yeah, again, I... I'd go with the original logo every time. I do like I do like the modern logo. You know the ball with this like this swoosh behind it. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. But yeah, if I had to pick, a hundred percent the original logo. Um, and that, that for me is Orlando magic. Yeah, yeah. I go straight away. Yeah, I'll go for the original. Um, I'm very much. If I could, I would just have everything going back to how it was. Um, with <laughs> <laughs> not that you can bring Shaq back and Penny back, but I think it's when you've actually. When you when you come into Orlando, it's going to be your picture of what the Orlando Magic are. But I look at the Lakers and I look at the Celtics, I look at the Bulls, and they don't seem to stray much from what they've got, mm. this brand which is now global. And I think with the Magic, when we've been at our absolute peak as a, as a team, as a brand, as in everything, it was the original pinstripes and the original logo. And I'm kind of like, well, just let's put that down in stone and yeah. go from yeah. there and every now and then we'll bring out a throwback or a variant, but we'll stick with what, what brought us to the dance. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, guys, you got any questions for us? Yeah, I'd just like to ask, for somebody who's never been to Orlando to watch a game live, um, is there any potential way you could get some maybe hints or some tips on how to obtain tickets and accommodation and flights, you know, package like a package deal? to go and watch a game or two at some point at different times of the year. Me and G were just joking. It sounds like I've just planted this question to you. <laughs> but um, one thing that's going to be coming up on the website in the next, let's say, couple of months, obviously we can't fly to Orlando at the moment, so it's not that urgent to put up, but I'm, we're actually building a visiting Orlando page to go on the site. So we, go, we always get asked those sorts of questions, buying tickets, how do you get to the arena, parking, all those sorts of things. So we're putting together... A big page of, of between me, G, and Paul. We've all been to what 75, 80 games between us and 20 odd trips to Orlando. So we've all got quite a good 
idea on those sorts of things. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a a, a comprehensive guide there, really. So giving you different ideas on what's the best place to sit in the arena. We're also going to give you our recommendations. So for me, my favorite time of the year to normally go is March. Um, the weather's getting warmer. The Magic normally have a nice long home stand in March, usually five, six, seven games. Um, so if you want to go to Orlando for a two-week break, that's normally a good sort of time that you can get a load of games in all at once. Um, yeah, so... We're going to give you loads of advice on, on the website with that sort of stuff. So I'll let you know when that's when that's coming up. But yeah, yep. it's it's not cheap. We all know that. There's no cheap way of going to Orlando. And certainly when you're squeezing in magic games and doing Disney and everything else there. So it's um it's good times, good fun. Yeah. Cool. Anything from you, Gar? Are you good? Um, one question I was going to throw into it is if we were projecting like crystal ball out looking into the future. Who ends up being the magic starting centre? Do you think it's more Bamba? Do you think it's Wendell Carter Jr.? Or does Ken Birch beat them both out? Ooh. That's a toughie. <laughs> Mikey, do you want to go first? Right now, I'd have to go Wendell Carter Jr. Um, I just don't see it happening for Mo. Do you? Mm-hmm. I just don't see I, it happening. I, I'm, I'm quite pro Mo Bamba. Um, I've liked what Wendell Carter's done. Um could he slide to the power forward? Speaking to some um, Bulls fans, UK Chicago Bulls, and um, a little bit what you guys said earlier, he's a little bit soft and gets pushed around, but we haven't really seen that. So, you know, if he could play power forward, Bamber at the centre, could work. Um, i just like to see Mo be given some more time on the floor. I feel that sometimes he, he does perform well and then he gets hooked. Um, you know, granted, he doesn't get into foul trouble, Um He's shown he's capable, uh, rebounding, blocking shots. He can shoot from outside. So, um, for me, I'd go Bamba. I'm going to throw another one in there. I've been saying this for a few years. I want to see Jonathan uh, Isaac play some five. Isaac. That ability to I've, spread the floor. Go on, Al. I've just thought of another question, guys, as well. Obviously, you know I'm a massive Penny, massive penny fan. Mm-hmm. And he's just took Memphis to the NIT Championship over in the States. Could we see him one day coaching the magic? This is what something we mentioned on um, on the last pod, wasn't it? On Wednesday, um, I threw this question in, and um, you never say never. Um, I don't know if he's got enough experience at the moment. Perhaps um, would we, you know, maybe get a, maybe an NBA assistant? So maybe nobody said it. Daryl Armstrong, possibly. Um, but I mean, Steve Clifford's doing a sterling job as it is. So, um, until, you know, the seat, the seat is vacant. Mm. Um, I'm quite happy with Mr. Clifford and, um, see what he can do, but, you know, down the line, Penny Hardaway's your coach, maybe Mike Miller's an assistant, bring it on. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring Scott Skiles back as an assistant as well. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great, wouldn't it? They'll have the punch up on the bench. (laughs) <laughs> that's what happened to Paul wasn't it yeah that's exactly what happened to Paul <laughs> yeah. I think you found Magic oh. <laughs> um, so last week the predictions uh, for the Pelicans Jazz and the Nuggets game I went 0-3 it was 
wrong, but I did predict a blowout, so I was kind of a little bit right. Uh, Mikey and Paul both went one and two. Paul calling it correctly that we would beat New Orleans. Um, Mikey said we'd beat Denver, but either way, both are correct. So now we all sit at three correct weekly predictions. So uh, our next uh, podcast is Friday. So we've only got one game. So, you know, you win, you lose. Uh, so the game is against Washington. So uh, before I get to your predictions, I'll just give you a little rundown on the Wizards. Uh, the game is on Wednesday night at midnight. The Wizards are currently 17 and 31, good for 12th in the Eastern Conference. Uh, huge game, really, in terms of well, tanking, really, because I think we've lost two more games to them as it stands. Uh, we've also got the head-to-head, having won the second and third game of the season. Uh, the current injury issues uh, include Rui Hachimura, who is a game-time decision on the last game, as was Bradley Beal. So uh, let me tell you Paul's prediction. Paul said we'd win. So uh, let's go to Gary first this time. Win. I think magical win. I think back in Orlando, a few days rest. Cole Anthony, Gary Harris coming in. I think we'll win. I think we'll beat Washington. Um, I know we've got a little bit of a home stand coming up, but I think that's the one we win. I think we match up really well with them. I think Westbrook could go off on a young backcourt, but I think I, 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 I was one of the people who, when Wendell Carter Jr. came to Orlando, I'd seen a few Bulls games and I'd read a little bit about Wendell and I was kind of like, I'm not really sure if I'm feeling this, but having seen him play it for Orlando... I've been mega impressed with what he's done so far, and I'm more than happy to eat a big slice of their desperate Dan's humble pie um, and go <laughs> for it. But he, I think I, I think I think we can beat Washington. I don't see anything to fear there. So to win, cool. Alan, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Orlando beat Washington. Um, I remember looking at the schedule about a week and a half ago, and it looked really tough. But now we've got that home that um, road trip out of the way. You look at the, the schedule now and the way we're playing, it doesn't look as tough as it did maybe a month ago. So all the you know the tankers out there, I think there's going to be a few a few worried worried brows, I think, because I, I can see Orlando winning a good few games between now and the end of the season and it possibly harm our possible pit chances. Mm. But going back to the Shaq trade, uh, sorry, the Shaq draft in 92, the odds on us getting that player Back in, back in 92, we were very, very slim and we got the number one pick. So the draft's a lottery. Whether yeah. we've got the third pick, the eighth pick, it'll look after itself on the night. I'm all of the opinion, a bit like Paul, really. Just win the games. I mean, if you can't enjoy the game against New Orleans in the week and the first half against Denver and you're rooting for us to lose, I, I, don't, I just don't understand that mentality. Um, you know, sport's about winning. And I think Dante summed it up really good in a tweet in the week. When he said, mm. "Do you think players are going to down tools so other players can come in and set the jobs next year?" I don't think so. Would you do that in your job? No. So win the games, enjoy the season, and then what will be will be with the draft. But I do think naturally that we will get a relatively high pick, and that's not by intentionally tanking. Yeah, but it's it's amazing. Um, I mean, Mikey's running these tankathon uh, sims. It's amazing how many times that Chicago Bulls pick the way road appears in the top yeah. four and we lose it until next yeah. year. So, you know, there's always a chance. Like you said, it's a lottery. Mikey? Yeah. Um, it's hard not to see us winning this game. Um, I think if Bradley Bill comes back, 
that might just edge it for the Wizards. But as things stand, and look, we, we've already said Cole Anthony's got to come back, and, and so is Gary Harris. Um, so yeah, it's hard not to see us winning this one. Um, I, I think, I think the four of us have all got the same sort of opinion. We all want the best odds. Yeah, we all we all want the best odds when it comes to the lottery um, in June, but let's worry about the here and now and developing these young players because that's all that matters at the moment. If you win, if you're going to win a few games, that's that's the way it's going to go. Um, what will be will be, wouldn't it? And 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 let's see what happens. I mean, look, like we said, there's there's been drafts over the last couple of years and teams have been jumping. Al said in 92 when Shaq got drafted, the Magic didn't have very good odds and they jumped to number one. So let's just let's just play the season out. Let's let the young kids play, let them develop and and, and we'll just see where, where the lottery balls land. I, th- I think so as well on the back... Go on, Gary. I think on the back of that, when people saying about tanking and such, they mustn't really know Steve Clifford very well because I think everything I've seen with Cliff and everything I've heard about Cliff is if he was playing snap against his grandma, he would, he would, he would break, <laughs> you know, he would do whatever he had to beat her as well. Yeah. And that's what you want. That's what you want in a coach, you know, yeah. but I, I honestly think Cliff would, would sell his soul to beat his grandma at snap, <laughs> you know. So was it a win from you? A win for me, yeah. I was just going to say okay. that the, the whole debate on Twitter, especially with this tank thing, there's nobody's denying the the benefits of losing games and getting odds, but mm-hmm. you can't not celebrate when your team's winning and when they've been playing like they have been this week. It's, I mean, the the Utah game was horrendous to watch. I mean, I was listening to the last quarter and a half because it was so bad to watch. Um but last night I was engaged and I was actually disappointed that we lost the game, not because of odds, just because the young guys played so hard that they gave themselves a chance to win and it would have done massive amounts for their confidence moving forwards. But hey, let's just see. Let's see where it all goes. But yeah, win for me. Yeah. So we got four of you saying win. There's no pressure on me then. Um, I'm going to say only a lot. three of us, just... G. <laughs> no, but Paul said a win as well. Okay. So yeah, my bad. Four of you. Um, so I'm actually going to say a defeat just because Gee. Bradley, like, you, no, it's just like what you said. Bradley Beal's back. Westbrook is playing very well at the moment. We won two close games with Washington earlier in the season. I just think perhaps we may just drop one. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're vets and, and they'd be going up against, you know, first, second year players. So yeah, I think we, I know, I know, I know, I know. When hey, we mate, had got... Nick on the other week and you slated me for going, we can have a losing record. <laughs> I got pressured yeah. into going two and two and I didn't even believe that. Yeah, not by me. And you're the positive one. <laughs> you're the you're the I optimist know. out of the three of us. Well, i got to keep it interesting because if everybody goes one and oh, then, you know, it doesn't make a show for next week, does it? Anyway, um, so I'll go, <laughs> oh, I'll go a defeat. Anyway, Part of the show, guys. The quiz. So, as you know, if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, is who am I? Okay. So, I've got three cards here. uh, A, B, and C. I'll let the guests go first. 
I'd say there's probably an easy one, a medium one, and a bit of a difficult one. So who would like to go first, Alan or Gary? I'm going to take the easy one. <laughs> no, I'll take A. <laughs> go on, I'll Alan. Take a. A, B. I'll take A. Yeah. Right. Okay. Clue number one, mate. Okay. You know how this works, yeah? Good? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Right. I was born on October 29th, 1992, drafted 20th in the 2012 draft. Okay. Second clue. Second yeah. clue. I wore the number 94 with the team that drafted me. Okay. <laughs> okay. We need like the Jeopardy music in the background, don't we, Mike? <laughs> yeah. It's that a bit of suspense. Okay. Uh, clue number three. I was traded to the Magic alongside Devin Marble in exchange for Aaron Aflalo in 2014. Can I have a guess? It wasn't, You're not it wasn't out. Evan. It wasn't Evan, was it? It is Evan Fournier. Correct. That was the easy one, by the way. So, um, cl clue number four was don't Google my surname. <laughs> and clue number five was I wore number 10 with a magic. So, uh, well done there, Al. Gah, what do you Seven want, B or C, mate? I want the last one. <laughs> you want C? Right. Yeah. Go C. for it. Okay, mate. Okay. Clue number one my middle name is Eugene. I said it'd be hard. Go for the next okay, one. Okay, I was undrafted in 1991 from Fayetteville State. Daryl Armstrong. What a man. Yes, Daryl Armstrong <laughs> is correct. So the third clue would have been I played for the Magic between 95 and 2003. Uh, four was I currently work as an assistant coach in the NBA. And five was I'm in the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. I'm guessing the Fayetteville State got you there, did it? It was that in the undrafted bit. It was yeah, the combination, was a, I remember. I like, he played on the... Um, yeah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Right, no pressure, Mikey. So I'm like the monkey with the symbols now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on then, right. throw them at me. Okay, clue number one. I was drafted 21st overall in the 2008 NBA draft. Next one. Next one. I played the power forward position. I'm good. No. So what draft number was it in 2008? 21st overall in the 2008 NBA draft. I can't be who I'm thinking of. Go on, next one. Okay, clue number three. I won the NBA's most improved player in 2012 as a member of the Magic. Has to be Mr. Hedu Turkoglu. No? No. No? No. No. Oh, no. Um, clue number four. I joined the Magic with Vince Carter in 2009 from the New Jersey Nets. Oh, Vince? No. What am I about? No. With Vince. With Vince. Um, yeah. So... Oh, I'm trying to think who else come over from the trade now. That was the last question. Last, last clue. Did that's I the last four clue. Clues? Oh, hang on. I'll have to make up another clue. Right, that's fine. I've got one. 
Who else won most improved? Go on, go to the last one. My mind's gone blank. Okay. Uh, I wore number 33 with the magic. Oh, Ryan Anderson. No? Ryan Anderson yeah. is correct on the last one. Well done, everybody. So, thank you very much, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. So, um, you can stay up to date with all Orlando Magic news, previews, reviews, and more by checking out our website at orlandomagicuk.com. Please follow all our Orlando Magic UK social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So, a big thank you to Alan and Gary for joining us this evening. Uh, I hope you had fun, guys. Yeah, it's been great, guys. Uh, just obviously speaking on behalf, hopefully, of most of the group, just what a great job the three of you do. Um, the interaction on nights when the games are on, obviously, like likes of Gary, Ollie, Lewis, and all the other guys that are on there while the games are on, the banter, the interaction is fantastic. Would none of that be possible without the three of you? So, hope and speak on behalf of everybody, say cheers and, and keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very absolutely, much. Absolutely echo that. Um, there's some really, it's great. It's been a great community. It's well respected, I think, as well on Twitter, not just within the UK circles, but I think over the pond, it's very well thought of the Orlando Magic UK. And um, thanks for setting it up. It's, a, it's great listening to the pods, getting the interaction. And as Al said, the, the crack in the uh, group is absolutely brilliant. So how are the lads? <laughs> good man. There you go, Mikey. That was good. Good, good lad. Good lad. Good lad. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, the, the community is growing and it's really good. And um, you know, when COVID goes away, we're hoping to have you know watch parties and stuff and get everyone involved together. So uh, look out for those sort of announcements. We'll get Alan to Orlando. We'll do a uh, a traveling party for a few games to Orlando. We'll get Alan over there. Yeah, hide, hide, hide me in the suitcase. Yeah, that's all right, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> I'd say I'd say the good idea for watch along would be a draft, a draft night watch along. It'd be pretty cool. If yeah. We can handle the pressure. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the cards, mate. It's on the cards. Brilliant. So um, yeah, watch this space. Uh, just keep an eye on our socials, and um, we'll announce something in due course. But um, yeah, thank you very much, guys. And until next week, go magic. You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Check out the website at orlandomagicuk.com and support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official sports merchandise, including the NBA, NFL and many more. And you can follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!